Go ahead and turn your Bibles this morning to Psalm 8. Psalm 8, we're still talking about dominion living. Uh, dominion living. Uh, just had it in my heart uh, to, uh, this fall to uh, just get our, you know, stir, our, stir ourselves up in this area of, of God's purpose and plan for us to live in dominion in life and to be uh, not just under circumstances, but actually uh, be over the circumstances and how to do that and what all is involved with that. You know, Psalm 8, uh, verse, verse, beginning in verse 3, says, When I consider that your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon, the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you're mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. Aren't you glad God's mindful of you? He's not mindful of, of the stars, the moon, and everything else, and the planets. He's mindful of you. You and I are on his mind. For you've made him a little lower than the angels. Actually, in the Hebrew, that's Elohim. You have crowned him with glory and honor. He made, God made us as close to himself uh, as he could. Amen. As much of an imprint of himself in his in his category, in his class of being, a spirit being. Yeah, we look at man after the fall now. But man in the beginning, it was, it was remarkable, uh, the position man held as a reflection of God. Now, we see man after, the, after sin has taken its toll, but that's why Jesus had to come, uh, to restore man back into a, a higher place in God that God had uh, designed for him to be. He said, you crowned him with glory. And with honor. Notice a crown. There's something, that's a position of authority, a position of dominion, a position of royalty, uh, of, a place of uh, being able to, to rule. Uh, and so you crowned him with glory and with honor. Praise the Lord. Uh, you have made him, notice he made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet, made him to have dominion. Made, that's what you were made for. That's what you were created for, to have dominion. Praise the Lord. Um, so it's, it's important to understand this. Adam lost that dominion. We know that because when he fell, when he sinned, he committed treason against God. He lost, he lost man's place, but, that's, but then Jesus came. God had a plan to restore man back into the right fellowship and the place of dominion with God. Glory be to God. That shows you how important dominion is that Jesus had to come and get it back. It was important to God that man operate in the, in the dominion. Jesus is the master key as to how, why man can now operate the way God intended him to do, not rule and reign over people, but rule and reign over circumstances. Remember that, remember that let, look at that last verse again there. Verse, verse six again says that he, uh, he put all things under all things, not all people, <laughs> all things under his feet. You know, we're not to rule over people. Uh, man, man, because of sin, has twisted that, and some have tried to dominate people. That's a sin nature. That's a, that's, that's a perversion of what God intended. God intended man to rule over his circumstances, to rule in his realm, to rule in his domain, to rule in, in his garden, if you will. Uh, you know, where, where God wants us ruling and reigning over the circumstances that come against us in life to try to hinder us from, from doing the will of God and hinder us from enjoying God's best to hinder us from our inheritance and enjoying what belongs to us in Christ. 
Because that's what the devil's out to do, to try to hinder us from enjoying what Jesus has made available to us. So we have dominion over Satan. We have dominion over the world. We have dominion over the flesh. We have dominion over sin. We have dominion over sickness and disease. We have dominion over the curse. If you've been redeemed from the curse, you have dominion over the curse. You know, we spent, you know, what we talked about all summer ties right in with this, what we're redeemed from. Uh, You know, we, we see now we have dominion over what we're redeemed from. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank God we're redeemed. And thank God part of our inheritance is to be able to walk and live in dominion over the things that Jesus purchased for us. Uh, In other words, the things that Jesus defeated so that we can enjoy our inheritance. Part of our inheritance is that victory over sin, over Satan, over sickness and disease. Hallelujah. So you've been redeemed to walk in that kind of dominion. That's God's purpose. That's God's plan. Now, this morning, I want to kind of address some, a little bit different area here. Look in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, but this is important too. This ties in with us walking in dominion over all the power of the enemy. uh, And and that's learning to walk in dominion in our souls and in our bodies. Praise the Lord. God wants us, uh, this needs to be addressed because if you can't walk in dominion in this area, it's going to hinder you in every other area. This is connected to every other area of dominion. So, so this is an important area too. Notice Paul said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You present your bodies. Amen. So you, in other words, you got to do something with your body. You've been born again. You have a, you, you've been recreated in Christ. You have a brand new spiritual nature, but you still, your body didn't get changed at the new birth. You, you, one day your body will be changed and you have a, you know, you, you have a, uh, right now you have a down payment by a born again spirit on a brand new body, but you don't have it yet. You're not enjoying that new body yet. One day we'll all get to enjoy a brand new body. They'll never be tempted with any sin. Uh, you know, or, or never get tired, never have any, you know, any issues or problems. But until then, we've got to do something with our body. Amen. We've got to exercise control, be in charge, some dominion over our bodies. And he says also in verse two, and do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the removing of your mind. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Our minds are not removed <laughs> at the new birth. Praise God. We still have a mind that, that, you know, the soulish realm of man, the mind, the will, the emotions are, are involved still. And those, those were not changed at the new birth. Your soulish man was not changed at the new birth. The only change that takes place in the soul is when transformation occurs, being transformed, how? By the renewing of the mind. Amen. So that you may prove or discern what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You're not, you're not going to be able to discern the will of God for your life until your mind is renewed. So you've got to have dominion in your soul. You've got to be able to take charge of, of, your, of your soulish man, of your mind, in order to be able to fully do the will of God in your life. Amen. 
That's why I said this, these areas of soul and body and having dominion there, it affects and influences every other aspect of your dominion in life so that you can enjoy the, the will of God for your life. Hallelujah. See, so you are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. The Bible reveals that. Uh, and so uh, even though you're, you're changed, you know, on the inside in your spirit, man, there's still a process involved. Uh, there's a saving process of the soul. Amen. A transforming process of the soul that, that has to take place. Praise the Lord uh, for us to be able to fully do the will of God and be able to walk in the dominion and authority that God desires for us to walk in. Now, thank God God's equipped us to take dominion in our soul and in our body. He's equipped us. We have the things we need. It's not in our own ability. It's by his divine empowerment. It's through the power of the word, through the power of the Holy Spirit that we're able to walk in this kind of dominion in our soul and in our body, but we're the ones that are responsible for it, not God. Amen. And these are things we have to be reminded of with any time we talk about, every time we talk about dominion is we have a part to play. God's made the power available. He's equipped us. He's given us the tools. He's given us the weapons of our warfare, uh, which are not carnal, but and they're mighty through God. And, and they're able to help us accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. But we still have to do the, you know, we still have to do our part if things are going to happen. Romans six fourteen. This is talking about, again, your body here. Romans six fourteen. For sin shall not have Sin shall not have dominion. Look at verse 14 first here. For sin shall not have dominion over you. There's that word dominion. See, sin wants to dominate you. The enemy wants to dominate your life through the power of sin. Amen. And so, uh, but the word of God reveals sin, or you could even say Satan, has no dominion over you. That means you have dominion over Satan. You have dominion over sin. You have dominion over all the power of the enemy. And notice one reason why it's because you're under grace. Grace enables you, equips you. God's grace is available for you and me. Amen. Just like the power of the Holy Spirit. All this is part of the grace of God that enables you to live free and, and actually walk in dominion over sin. God wants you dominating sin, not sin dominating you. Glory to God. But our bodies have to be yielded. Amen. But thank God we can tell our flesh, we can tell our body, you're not ruling today. You're not ruling over me. Because our bodies were there. Uh, your body is not made to, to be the ruler. Your body is not made to be the lead in your life. Amen. Uh, verse, verse, go back to verse 13 there of uh, Romans 6. Neither yield ye your members. Talking about your body, your flesh. You're not to yield your flesh as an instrument of unrighteousness. Now notice that means you are in charge of your flesh. To a, you can allow it to yield or not yield. You can let your flesh be yielded to sin or you can make sure your, your flesh is yielded to righteousness. That's your responsibility and mine because we're in charge. We have dominion. The real you. The spirit man. The one who has the image and likeness of Christ. And who's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. You're the one in charge of your flesh, of your body. Amen. And your member is to be, your flesh, your body is to be an instrument of righteousness. 
So your body is made to be yielded, not to lead. It's not supposed to be, you're not supposed to be led around. Your inward man is not supposed to be bullied by your flesh. That's not what you were designed to do in Christ. Now the sin nature causes people to be bound by their flesh. You know, when they're, when they don't know Jesus, but Jesus now, cause you're a new creature and you've been empowered, you're equipped and you have the word of God. You can live above that. You can dominate instead of be dominated. And you can tell your flesh, no, we're not going there. We're not doing that. We're not going to yield ourselves to that because what you yield yourself to, you can become a slave to, especially if you continually yield to it, it becomes powerful. Amen. Now, anytime you can get free, thank God for that. But we've got to learn to yield our, ourselves to God and walk in, in victory in our bodies because we were made for that. We were made for dominion. When sin tries to boss you around, when your flesh, which has the, the nature of the nature of the flesh is still a sin nature in it. You're, you're, you don't have the sin nature in your spirit, but your flesh has a propensity to sin because of the fall of Adam. It's not perfected yet. And it will lead you in the wrong places, the desires of the flesh. Now, your flesh isn't evil. It's not wrong in and of itself. We all have certain desires. That, you know, we have natural desires, you know, the, the desires to, to eat, that, you know, sex. All the, they're, these are things that are not evil desires. But any, any one of them, if they're, if they're not under the control of the man's spirit, can lead you into sin. Amen. Food's good, but you can become a glutton. <laughs> and food can dominate people. Sex, the same way. Uh, any, anything you want to talk about with the flesh. You know, some people, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they get angry at everything. They're always out of control. See, they're, they're, they're allowing their flesh. That's a work of the flesh, and they're, and they're yielding to that. The flesh can, can be real strong. It can be real powerful. But that's why we have to... Renew our minds and keep our hearts strong in the word of God so that we're dominating, not our flesh. You know, Paul said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, uh, the way he said it, look, notice he said, I therefore run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beats the air. Notice now verse 27, he said, but I keep under my body. Notice he separated my and my body. He didn't say, I keep under me. He said, I keep under my body in a possessive term. In other words, making a distinction between the real Paul and his flesh. Even though we are, our, our being is spirit, soul, and body. But notice Paul makes a distinction that your body can actually be at odds with your spirit. And be going a different direction in what it wants and desires. He said, I have to bring it, my body, my flesh into subjection. Your body is meant to be subject to your inner man, not in charge of your inner man. <laughs> I heard, a, I knew a guy one time, he always, he just fly off the handle, get angry. And somebody asked him, why do you get so angry? He said, well, that's just the Irish in me. He was blaming it on his ancestors. No, it's because his flesh is out of control. It's because his flesh is out of control. His flesh is dominating his spirit. Notice, Paul, again, Paul said, I 
keep my body under. I keep it in subjection. Go ahead and put that verse back up again. Verse uh, 27. And I bring it into subjection. Notice, lest by any means, when I preach to others, I myself, I myself should be a castaway. That word castaway means unusable. In one translation, unusable. It means God can't use you. See, yielding, this is why this is one reason why you have to learn to dominate your flesh. You're, if you don't learn to dominate your flesh, your flesh can lead you to ruin in life. Unusable by God. I know that sounds hard, but listen, it, that, there's, there is redemption. There is restoration. Don't get me wrong. But if you can allow your flesh to, to rule the roost in your life, it can lead you down the road where you can't be used by God at some point. So the best thing is to put a stop to that, you know, right now. <laughs> and, and repent. Get back in line and get to where, learn to do what's necessary here to get back in charge of your body. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know, I know, listen, I know ministers that because of their, they couldn't control their flesh. They're no longer fulfilling the call of God in their life. They're unusable. Castaways. Not because God didn't want to use them. Not because God didn't call them. And that call was not rescinded. But they put themselves on the junk heap. Amen. Because they allowed their flesh. God, God has mercy. But you, but you can still get to a point where if you don't do something about it. Hallelujah. You don't have to shout too loud this morning. Sorry, right. I know where you're at anyway. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, if you do what we're talking about this morning, you'll shout later. This is all part of the shout. Is learning how to take dominion over your soul and over your body. Hallelujah. Because if you don't do something with your body, it can ruin your life. It can ruin relationships can ruin the plan of God. Your body is to, is to be a servant to you, not a master. Your body is to be your servant, not your master. Aren't you glad for God's mercy though? And listen, God's equipped us. He's helped us. Paul, the reason Paul said, I keep under my body is because God had enabled him and empowered him to do it. That means you and I can do it. You can take dominion. And keep your body in subjection to your spirit, man. See, dominion flows out of your spirit. And it needs to be manifesting in how we conduct ourselves in life. How we control our flesh. He's given you a spirit of self-control. And the fruit of the spirit. Hallelujah. So that we can bring our flesh into subjection. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3 verse 5. Uh, tells us we, something we've got to do. He said, mortify, therefore, your members which are on the earth. He's talking to Christians here. Why? Because the flesh will lead you into fornication, uncleanness. You know, these are the works of the flesh. Inordinate affection, that's homosexuality. Evil concupiscence and the covetousness, idolatry, all these things. This, all the works of the flesh listed in Galatians 5. You can read about it. You, you and I still have a responsibility while we're on this earth, in this human body, in this temple, which God has redeemed, but it's not fully, you know, hadn't reached its full redemptive purpose yet. 
We have the responsibility to mortify, put to death the works of the flesh. Amen. Crucify is another word in the, we see in the New Testament. Crucify. You have to mortify, crucify, put to death the works of the flesh. Because if not, they'll lead you down the wrong path. Christians that don't get their minds renewed and stay strong and learn to uh, control their, their, their bodies, they can end up looking and acting and smelling like the world. You can look just like the guy at the office that, that's living for the devil. You can end up looking just like him as a Christian. If you don't learn to exercise dominion in these areas. <laughs> we'll stop and laugh every once in a while just to make this feel, make it look. I, I want to, I want to, I, I, maybe we need a little spoonful of sugar to help the medicine go down today. I don't know. Let's just laugh. Let's rejoice. <laughs> Praise God. Let's go back to the song. It's in the waiting. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. We got to bring it into subjection. This is, this is one of the greatest defenses you have against the devil in dominating the enemy. Is first taking authority and dominion in your own body and in your own mind. Hallelujah. Praise God. James 1.21. James 1.21 tells us we got to do something with our soul. Uh, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. King James says the engrafted word. In other words, something that gets planted like a seed and it produces a harvest, which is making your soul whole. It does a work in your soulish realm. Not, it's not, it, yeah, yeah, there's a spiritual context too where your spirit gets strong through meditating the word of God. But it also, because of that meditation, you're able to control your soul and, and keep it in, in a place of wholeness and soundness where it's making you useful for the kingdom of God. So the word of God here is, is vital. You know, but Paul, remember Paul back there again in 1 Corinthians, he said, I'm not going to let my body push me around. Paul was telling us one thing. He was revealing why he was so greatly used of God. Usefulness is, connect, is connected to keeping your, your body in subjection to your spirit man. Also, the renewing of the minds. The renewing of the mind. We saw that in, in Romans 12, 2. We're, we're transformed, how? By the renewing of our minds. Soul dominion. We've got to have dominion for our soul. That means you're taking on, when your mind's being renewed, you're taking on God's thoughts and making them your thoughts. See, God's word is his thoughts and he's offered us his thoughts. But we have to make the choice to take them every day. Keep our minds renewed. Continually refreshing our soulish man with the power of the word of God. Good teaching, good, you know, good books that... that that edify us and strengthen us that are based in the word of God, rooted in the word of God. See, if, if our thoughts are going to be different than God's most of the time. That's why we have to adopt his thoughts, take on his thoughts so that we don't look and smell and act like the world. Glory to God. And so that we can walk in dominion in this life. See, the, the renewing of the mind, meditating the word makes his thoughts your thoughts. It gets them from the pages of God's word into, into the pages of your heart to where it will change the way you think, the way you act, the way you believe. 
See, wrong thinking will translate into wrong believing. That's why we have to have right thinking so that we can have right believing and therefore right action and behavior. And that comes through meditating the Word of God. Medi- you know, meditating the Word, pondering it, keeping it on your mind, and, and letting the Word of God have dominate so much of our thought life. That's, we can actually drive that Word down into our heart. We can drive it into our heart. Keep, keep it strong in our inward man so that we, we've taken ownership of it so that it affects everything we say, everything we do. And it's not just something you have to kind of grab at the last second. It's actually a part of you now. Then when circumstances arise, you're ready. Because you've been meditating the word. Hallelujah. You just don't need an emergency surgery. <laughs> Praise God. I'm talking about spiritually speaking. You need to, no, you're already ready for some things. To take dominion and authority. Glory be to God. See, if you, if you meditate the word, it'll start talking to you when you need it. You know, the Bible says that Proverbs 6, I think I have that verse, those verses, 20, Proverbs 6, 20 through 22, says he's talking about the, the power of the word of God here. Uh, and the Proverbs, keep your father's command, my son, don't forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart. What is that? That's meditation. That's getting that word implanted in you. Tie them around your neck. In other words, make them part of your thought life and your, and your heart. Then he, notice what he said that word will begin to do for you here in verse 22. When you, uh, when you roam, they'll lead you. When you sleep, they'll keep you. And when you awake, they'll speak with you. So you want to get the word so much in you, it starts talking to you when you need it. It comes up out of you. It comes up out of you. This is what you do. This is what, this is what God says I'm to do in this situation. This is how I'm to think and act. Glory be to God. Thank God you can build the word of God into your life, into your heart. Not just in your memory, but something that uh, comes up out of you now and it affects your lifestyle on a, on a daily basis. So his word has to find a home in our heart. That that's, comes by renewing the mind, which in, involves meditating the word of God. Those are connected together. Hallelujah. Listen, our inheritance is so rich in Christ you should want your mind being renewed on a daily basis because the more of that inheritance you get to enjoy when you're, when you're taking dominion in your soul and getting your mind renewed through meditating the Word of God. You'll enjoy more of your inheritance in Christ. So you should want to do that. That should inspire you to do that. It should say, that ought to motivate you to get up in the morning and say, okay, it's time to meditate the Word a little bit here. Throughout the day, say, okay, what does the Word of God have to say about my situation? What is, what, what, and just taking the time on purpose. I think I'm going to play a good, a good teaching tape here for a little while while I have a break. You know, I'm going to listen to a few things. I'm going to go over my notes from, you know, from church or whatever. Or, go, or just take these scriptures that I wrote down and, and meditate the Word of God. Get a good book and meditate. You know, take the time uh, throughout the day to meditate the Word of God. Your inheritance depends on it. How much of it you enjoy? How much of it you enjoy? So, because this is something we have to do daily because your mind only stays renewed about as long as your hair stays combed. You got to get up every day, fix your hair, don't you? You got to do something throughout the day. You got, oh, I got to look in the mirror. I got to, hey, amen. If you're going to be presentable in public, well, you need the word of God if you're going to be presentable in public. You're going to go out and face the world, face challenges, face, you know, circumstances. You need to be prepared. With the renewing of your mind. 
<laughs> See, when you get your mind in place, uh, you know, the way it's supposed to be, you can say, all right, you're faced with something. You say, no, it, no, this is, it's not going to be this way. And I'm not going to think in line with that. Mind, you're going to get back in line with the word of God. Something that would seem to trouble you. Remember the Isaiah said, you'll keep us in perfect shalom, peace. When our mind is stayed on him, stayed on the word of God, we have to, we have to place our mind in the right place. Just like you have to fix your hair and keep it in the right place. You're going to have to, you have to take your mind and keep it in the right location. Take dominion of your soul. Because your soul will run wild. Your mind, your emotions, your feelings. Oh, I'm just feeling so bad today. Take authority over that. Get control of your soul. You have to do that. We can't be living this topsy-turvy roller coaster up and down every day, every day, one day, one day different, next day up, next day down. All this, we're not going to be successful in enjoying our inheritance and fulfilling the perfect will of God for our life if we're not in control of our soul. Now, we've all missed it here. And if you miss it, you repent. Then you get back, you get back in there and you say, no, mind, feelings. See, your flesh, it'll, it, it, your feelings come from your, your, your flesh will speak to you. Thoughts will come to you because of your feelings. Feelings will tell you many ugly things. They'll tell you God don't love you, God doesn't care about you, or somebody else doesn't love you. It, feelings will lead you right into offense and unforgiveness. Feelings will lead you right into, into condemnation and self-loathing. <laughs> and just from things of your past, the devil, he'll stir you up with different kind of feelings, emotions, thoughts will come to you. The devil wants to condemn you, keep you looking backward instead of looking forward. He's good at that. He's a professional. He's been around a long time doing it. We need to become professionals in soul control, in living in dominion, and telling our mind, no, you're not going there. We're not going there today. We're not going to live in the past anymore. That's under the blood. Amen. And so we have to keep our minds renewed. If not, if not we're not going to be transformed. Listen, thank God for laying on of hands. Thank God for gifts of the spirit. Thank God for wonderful blessings God's given us through, even through other people being able to minister to us and help us. But nothing is, none of those things transform your life. Only the renewing of the mind does. Nothing takes the place of the renewing of your mind. You can't get somebody to pray for you enough. You can't get somebody to lay hands on you enough. You can't get, you can't keep calling somebody, somebody else's prayer line enough. You're going to eventually have to renew your mind. If you're going to live a victorious life, I believe in the last days, I believe right before the Lord comes, there's going to be a mass, uh, you know, revival and involved. Part of that revival is involving people, uh, getting delivered from all kinds of bondages and addictions and, and, uh, uh, oppression of the enemy in their, in, in their souls. And, but listen, they're still. Even those people, they get, they'll get set free. If they're going to still live free, they're going to have to be in a, in a church, learn to get in the word of God. They're going to have to be taught some things so that they can learn to renew their minds if they're going to live free permanently. And that's true with anybody who's been delivered from something, set free from something. You're still going to have to get in the book, darling. You're still going to have to do something with your head. 
You're still going to have to take some dominion in your life with your body and with your soul. Hallelujah. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. Your brother Hagen had somebody come up to him one time. They said, I'm having trouble with my flesh. I, I want to eat everything I see. He said, I think I have a spirit of gluttony. He said, no, you just have trouble with you. You're just not controlling your flesh. In other words, you, you, there's different areas. I've had people, I've, I've talked with people who say, well, I, man, I just have a problem with it. I get, I, maybe I, with lust, I just have a demon. No, no, you just don't want to control your flesh. Now, listen, demons can get involved with people if they continuously yield and yield and yield. The devil can, can, can get involved in that. Don't get me wrong. Evil spirits can oppress people. If you're a Christian, you can't be possessed by the devil, but you can be oppressed. Because the devil can't, he can't capture your spirit. Your spirit's born of the spirit of God. But you can be oppressed. You can have a demon operating in your soulless realm. And there are times, sometimes, if somebody, you know, sees some things in the spirit, you can get set free. But listen, you can always get yourself free if you're willing. If you're willing to take the bull by the horns and get in the word of God. You can get free of any addiction. You can get free of any bondage. You can get free of anything in your body or in your soul that's not of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But you've got to be willing and obedient to be a doer of the word of God. Get your mind renewed. Praise God. Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. What did Paul say? put off concerning the former conduct or lifestyle. He said, put off the old man. You mean Christians have to do that? Yes. Doesn't mean your spirit's not an old man. <clears throat> your spirit's a new man. Cause he goes on to tell you, you got to put on the new man, but you still have a lifestyle. You still have impulses. You're, because your flesh is not received this full redemption yet you're gonna to have to deal with the lust and the desires of a flesh that's uh, contrary to the nature of your new of the new man on the inside and it's still influenced by the lust of this world and the, and the and the things that come that we have to deal with in life and sins and, and things that tempt us so you, but you got to put that off who's going to do that not god oh god get rid of this no <laughs> god says you put it off you use your dominion. God's given us dominion to take control of our soul, can take control of our body. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God. That's good news. I don't know. I mean, it's good news. It's just flat out good news because I can do something about things that are torturing me, binding me, trying to hurt my life and my marriage and my relationships and the strife and the lust and all these things, whatever it is, you can live free from it if you're willing to put it off, but you also got to put on. Next verse here. You got to keep put. you got to put off. And, but notice how it is connected to being renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's connected to a renewed mind. You can't put off something unless your mind's being renewed. That empowers you, equips you through meditating the word the engrafted, implanted word, you're able to put some things off in your life that are binding you and hurting you. And he goes on to say, next, let's read on here, and, and that you put on. So you got to do some putting off, you got to do some putting on. The new man, the real you, bring him to the outside. What's true about you on the inside? 
through the renewing of the mind. Same way, that's, that's, that's the linchpin. Renewing of your mind, that's how you put on the new man who's created in the image and likeness of God in righteousness and holiness. Glory to God. And, and realize this is how you shut the door on the enemy in many areas of your life. This is one of the ways you slam the door. A renewed mind is a door slammer. <laughs> Praise God. He goes on, because in verse 27, well, we'll just read on, we'll read up to verse 27. Therefore, putting away lying. Speak truth with his name. Isn't it amazing he has to tell Christians to stop lying, put it away. You've, oh, you mean you've never known a Christian that lied? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know, everybody knows. For we're members one of another. <laughs> Be angry and do not sin. In other words, you can't let anger. There are things that as a righteous anger that comes up. We still can't let anger dominate us and take us to a place of sin where we start getting uh, start being hateful towards people or, or hateful and, or get in the wrong spirit about things. We can't let the sun go down in our wrath. In other words, there needs to be a limited, something may make you angry, but there needs to be a limited lifespan on it because you've taken control, because you've taken authority, nor give place to the devil. So a renewed mind, if you connect verses 22 and on down to verse 27, you can see that having a renewed mind where you're putting off the things of the flesh nature, and you're putting on the new nature, that's one way you shut the door on the devil's activity in your life. You'll have a lot less problems with the devil if you learn to take dominion in your soul and body. It's just the reality. I heard somebody, one, somebody said one time, well, I, this depression, it just comes on me. It's just like, I can't help it. It just, listen, if it just keeps coming on you and, you and you can help it, you can do something about it. Oh, but pastor, I've, I've been clinically diagnosed. Listen, I'm not going to make fun of, of clinical depression or, or mental illness. And, but listen, some of these things, because the world puts a label on it, it becomes an excuse for people to just tolerate it and maybe pop some pills. I'm not being... I'm not lacking in compassion here. I'm just telling you the truth, okay? Some people need to hear this because you can use anything as an excuse to not resist. If anything is of the enemy in your life, spirit, soul, and body, you need to be resisting it. Even though somebody may have diagnosed something about you. We have a clinical diagnosis. Listen, spiritual always trumps clinical. The word of God is your final answer, no matter what you're dealing with. And if you don't eventually deal with it with the word of God, you're still going to be under its control in some measure. And you may be in the process of that, no condemnation. If you're dealing with things and you have a certain diagnosis, clinical depression, listen, even it may be clinical, it all started with wrong thinking. Because if you kept your mind renewed to the word of God, listen, I'm not, I'm talking to all of us here, okay? If we keep our minds renewed to the word of God, we'd never had to deal with the depression in the first place. We'd have whipped it. Is that all right this morning? Anybody want to take their card back or anything? <laughs> I, I, Ha, 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 ha.
I can't apologize for the truth, right? When it comes up in me, I can't. The Lord showed me that. There's people that are dealing, they they, they relax and they almost just say, oh yeah. And we feel sorry for somebody or we just kind of deal with it a little bit different. We have sympathy because they're clinically diagnosed. I'm not against doctors and and psychology. I'm for them. I'm not against anybody that can help anybody. But ultimately, it comes down to what you think on. And believe me, you can change any diagnosis, clinical or otherwise, with the spiritual power that trumps any mental problem, physical problem, demonic issue, whatever's come into your life, there's victory for it. God's word is the answer for you. It is the answer. Praise God forevermore. We don't just have to accept anything that comes into our soul, into our mind. Or Paul would not have penned Philippians 4.8. What is Philippians 4.8? Most of us should know that. Finally, but whatever things are true, well, the word of God's true. In fact, all these qualify for the word of God only, really. Only the word qualifies for all these things mentioned here. Honest, what things are just, pure, lovely, good report. You're only going to get that out of the Bible. God's word. Now notice this. If there be any virtue, any praise, God will think these things for you. No, you is the understood subject of this verse. You think. That means on purpose. From your heart. You determine, this is what I'm thinking on. Mine, you will line up. This is the only thing you can think on. And you need to have a good bouncer at the door, a good gatekeeper out there that says anything else that doesn't qualify in Philippians 4.8, you've got to stay out of the house of my mind. (laughs) Can't come through the gate. I'm going to think on these things. These things. I can choose to think on these things and not those things. I have the authority. I've been authorized to take dominion in my soul. I can think on what I want to think on. So devil, you bring your junk. I'm not going to think on it. In fact, I'm going to cast it down. That's from 2 Corinthians 10. Look at that. Verse 4. We have the weapons of our warfare. We've got the word of God. We've got the armor of God. We've got the power of the Holy Spirit, mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, but this has become such a stronghold. This depression is a stronghold. This fear is a stronghold. Yeah, a lot of things can become strongholds, but it still doesn't mean they can't be pulled down. It doesn't say mighty through God to the coping with strongholds, pulling them down. You know, my, my daughter and her husband, they, they got this little dog named Louie. And Louie, whenever I get around Louie, in fact, they're over in England right now, and so we're keeping Louie for him for a few weeks. Louie is a jumper, and he likes to jump. Every time you get out in the yard with him, he just starts jumping up and jumping up and trying to just get his, you know, he's just jumping all over you. And his feet are muddy, and it doesn't matter. He's jumping. on. So I'm having to constantly pull him down. Pulling down. No, Louis, no. I'm glad he's not a big dog. He's just a little puppy. He's excited, you know, but you got to pull him down. Pull him down. Amen. 
So, but I have, the, I have the power to do that. You have the power. You've been authorized. You've been empowered. You're equipped to pull down. Even if it becomes a stronghold, it's not too late. Something that has a stronghold on you that may be binding you, you can still pull it down. Hallelujah. Verse 5, casting down imaginations, the images the devil will bring to you, pictures of failure, pictures of defeat, pictures of weakness, pictures of you can't do it. He does it all the time. Pictures from your past. Continuously, the devil brings images to try to keep you from enjoying the, what belongs to you in your inheritance in Christ. And every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. You have the authority, you've been authorized by God to cast it down and to bring into captivity. That's dominion right there, isn't it? If you can, if you can imprison something, that's dominion right there. What? Your thoughts. You've been authorized to take dominion over a thought that's contrary to the word of God. No, no excuses, Right? We can't say, well, I just can't control myself. I just, I just can't help it. I just worry all the time. And then I, liar, liar, pants on fire. It's baloney. The devil's lying to you right there to tell you you can't. You can't stop that. You can't control that. That's how your mama and your grandmama was. It's just the way you are. Like the guy that said, that's just the Irish in me. No, liar, liar. You can control your flesh and you can control your thought life. You have the authority to take dominion. Glory be to God. This is one way, again, keeping authority and dominion in your mind is one way you keep the door closed on the devil. A renewed mind is a door slammer. We don't want open doors. You know, if we opened up our back door, we'd have critters before too long running around in our house. Squirrels, possums, they get in the yard, rabbit, you know, it, it doesn't matter. We'd have stuff running around our house if we left our door open, back door open for two days. Well, unfortunately, Christians have critters running around in their head. Too many critters. Why? Because they left the door open. Leaving the door open. Don't have a gatekeeper. We've been authorized to take dominion. And through a renewed mind, through meditating the word, you're able to, then you, you can take authority. You're empowered to take authority to keep the door shut on the enemy. He tries to bring, again, things from your past to try to condemn you. Slam the door. And then you got to replace, you slam the door on devilish thoughts. Then you've got to replace them with God's thoughts. You, know, you, you hear about different kinds of therapy, you know, for people that have clinical diagnosis of different things. Well, I've got, I've got a therapy for you, replacement therapy. Every Christian needs to practice replacement therapy. You take captive the wrong thought and you replace it with God's thought. That's replacement therapy and it'll bring you victory every time. It'll bring you victory in life. It'll bring you victory in life. Hallelujah. Because you can yield to things. You can yield your mind. You can yield your body to the wrong things and open the door to the enemy. Wrong thinking opens the door to Satan. And even for sinners, you know, I remember hearing, uh, there's things that'll come to you, voices. Um, I remember this guy that got, he, he's a school shooter, not that long, you know, a couple of, a year or two ago, I forget now, down in Florida. And, and I just remember his 
so they, they, he, he, he survived. He, he lived. He didn't kill himself. But he said uh, somebody eventually at, he, he made this comment. He said, the voices that talked to me told me to do it. So you can get to a point even as a center of possession where you're listening to other voices and you don't even, you don't even know what, what's right, what's wrong. And, but even Christians can get to a point where they listen to the wrong voices. There are a lot of voices out there. There are many voices that will come to you at different times and different circumstances. Your brother Hagen himself, he'd just, he'd just gotten born again. This is when he was a young man. He just got born again. He was on his deathbed. He'd been on his deathbed, but he got healed and raised up. But, this, uh, but he was having some uh, symptoms again uh, in his body of, of, of the condition that, he, that they thought he was going to die from. And the, he said a voice came to him. A vo- he could hear it. It was an audible voice. And that voice said, thou shalt surely die. He said they even used King James. See, the devil knows how to use King James. Thou shalt surely die. Well, Brother Hagin used replacement therapy. He said, and it was because the, he didn't even know the word of God good yet. He said, but the Holy Spirit spoke up and said, Psalm 91, 16. With long life, he looked it up. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So he was able to take that and replace what the devil lied to him about. How many, how many of you ever heard the devil say, you're going to die? I have. When I got a condition in my body, he said, you're going to die. <laughs> Actually, the words came, I'm going to kill you with this. <laughs> well, I had to use replacement therapy too. He had to use, Brother Hagin used replacement therapy. He started, ta- he started speaking out. No, devil. Psalm 91, 16 says, with long life, will he satisfy me and show me his salvation? And, he, and I love it, Brother Hagin went on to say, he said, I'm not going to die at 20 years old. He said, I'm not going to die at 30 years old. I'm not going to die at 40. He went all the way up to, to 70. I'm not going to die at 70 years old. He answered that. You got to answer those lies. Answer it with, because if your mind's renewed to the word of God, you'll be able to answer things. Hallelujah. With the word of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Aren't you glad we have the weapons to cast things down, take authority, take dominion in our thought life? Praise the Lord so that the enemy cannot gain the victory in our lives. A couple more things real quick. Here in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, let me just say this. A renewed mind and a submitted or subjected body are, are vital keys to living a lifestyle where the enemy cannot overcome us in life. It's not enough just, yeah, we need to speak the word. We'll get into speaking the word. We'll get into different aspects of using our authority, but as we have and will and we'll continue to, but, but these are two areas you cannot leave out. A renewed mind and being able to take control of the body of your body because you slam the door on the, on the devil in many ways. These are areas of, of maintaining a strong defense against Satan in your life. If the devil can't get in these doors of, of a controlled, submitted, subjected body and a renewed, you know, strong mind, uh, then, you know, in the word of God, if he can't get in those doors, he's limited in things he can do. He has to try to deceive, he suggests, but you, but you got to be able to respond to that with the word of God. If your mind's renewed, you can. Hallelujah. 
and have more days of heaven on the earth. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse six. Nevertheless, God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. Notice this in the, I want to look at this mainly in the Amplified. It talks about comforting the downcast. Notice what it says here. God who comforts and encourages and refreshes and cheers the depressed and sinking. Comforts and encouraged, comforted and encouraged and refreshed and cheered us by the arrival of Titus. That word comfort in the Greek, I, this is what I want you to see out of this. He said, the com- word comfort in the Greek means to call near. To call near. Notice, God calls near the depressed. Hallelujah. And that's what, when he puts things in my heart to minister to you, it's not so that I can get down there with you in the ditch, in the depression ditch, and wallow around and say, oh, I'm a, that's not comfort. Comfort helps somebody be lifted up and drawn near to God. It brings you out. Jesus came down to lift us up to his place. He draws us near. And that's what the word of God, it should comfort or draw us near. Draw us up and draw us out of a sinking place. Out of depression. I've known too many people that like to wallow around in their ditch. And they won't even pull you down there with them. And some people, they think they're comforting them by just getting in there, oh, you poor thing. Stay with me here. I'm not condemning anybody that's in a ditch. But, I, but that's why we have to preach a bold message on this because some people, they'll wallow in it and they like it. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I've experienced this of almost 30 years of pastoring now. Some people don't want to get out of the ditch because they get too much attention being in the ditch. Woo, y'all, hold on to the bag, honey, in case somebody tries to come up and get that. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not careful, if you're not careful, some of you may have experienced this, they'll pull you down in the ditch with them. Instead of allowing you and and receiving the word and, and, and being willing to make the changes and start taking dominion in their own life where you're helping them to come up and being calling near to God. See, God's not in the ditch. He's not setting up camp in the ditch. Let me say it that way. He'll help you. He'll come in the ditch to pull you out, but he won't go in there and wallow with you. He expects you to come up. That's what the word of God will do. It it causes you to call, call near, draw nearer to God. Because he's not in the ditch, he's up here. That's what he wants to do in our lives. God's on the victory side. See, comfort is not to make you feel better where you are. (laughs) Because Jesus came down to pull us up. It's like Brother Hagin again, let me share it. One time he he was back when early days of his ministry, he was traveling and and he, uh, one time at the end of a service, there was a lady at the, uh, people had come down to the altar. And there was a lady on the other, far end of the altar. And she's over, she's, uh, she's over there yelling out loud, Lord, take it away. Lord. And she said every once in a while, she just, she'd be quiet for a minute. Then she'd pipe up again. Lord, take it away. And, and Brother Hagin finally said, I got to go over there and just try to help this lady, you know. And, and he goes over and talks to her and says, dear, what, what, uh, what are you trying to get the Lord to take away? And she said, and she would just go get, Lord, he said, she sounded like a freight train in the tunnel. You know, Lord, take it away. 
And finally, he got her calmed down, was able to talk to him. He said, what are you talking about? What do you want the Lord to say? So I, I want him to take away this snuff. <laughs> she, she liked it, you know, chewing tobacco, you know. And she finally wanted the Lord to take it away from her because she had that desire for chewing tobacco. And, uh, and, he, and he said, darling, the Lord's not going to take that. What would he do with it if he got it? <laughs> He's not going to be one. He said, you, no, you're going to have to take control over your own flesh you have to crucify your flesh, and, and, you can, and you can take a, you know, basically take dominion and authority over that. And she said, oh, I can't give up good old snuff. <laughs> but she wanted the Lord to take it away. Now, how many of that, that, we all have to be mindful of those type of stories, you know, because we have maybe something we're thinking, oh, God, please do that. And he's going, no, you better use your authority. You're going to have to exercise dominion in your body. And in your soul. And thank God the word of God is the answer. The word of God is the answer. And I don't care how strong anything is in your, in your life. How strong anything is in your body. You can successfully begin right now. Start today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start exercising some dominion in your life. In your soul and in your body. Realize you're the one in charge for one thing. The real you. The spirit man in your three part, three, three aspects of your being. I don't even like to say part because really you are a spirit. You have a soul and you live in a body. You're not just three parts. You're one being, but yet you, you, you have a soul that you are to be in control of. You have a body that is supposed to be subject to you. You're not, you're not supposed to, the real you is not supposed to be subject to it. It's under your control, what you do with it. What, it needs to be a yielded body, yielded to you, the one in charge who's, who's empowered by the Holy Spirit, who's, who's filled with the Word of God, who's been meditating on the Word of God, whose soul is, is, is being renewed and transformed by the Word of God, God's thinking in place of our thinking. So begin to take charge. And when a, when a thought doesn't line up, use replacement therapy. Cast down the wrong thought, replace it with the Word of God because you've been renewing your mind. That's why it's so important to keep your mind renewed. That's why it's important to stay in church. That's why it's important. You know, people, they, they think, well, I can stay away from church for months. And that even happens at this church. Don't, don't look at me in that tone of voice. And I'm not condemning anybody. If they're, I, we're just glad if they, when they come back. But I, I say that because I care for them. It's not about me. It's not about whether I, I'm not offended by it. I don't, you know. But I'm, I'm concerned for them because they're listening to the enemy. They're, anybody that does that is listening to the enemy. Well, I don't need that. Oh, you don't. You don't need what God said you shouldn't be neglecting, forsaking of yourselves together in the house of God, receiving the word. No, you need it. We all need it. We all need to be together. We all need to be in our own daily life. We need to be what? Meditating the word of God. Letting the word refresh our minds. We all need to be doing what's necessary to keep our spirit man built up and strong through meditating, through prayer, praying in the spirit. All these things are to help us be able to live a life where we can keep the enemy from being able to have doorways into our lives. It'll cause you to walk free from things. When depression will try to get on you, you laugh at it because you've got the word of God and you replace you can cast down the wrong thoughts and you replace them with the word of God. Amen.
and you have victory and you'll have days of, days of heaven on earth are tied to ha- walking in dominion in your soul and in your body. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We thank you this morning for your word. Thank you, Father, for your, <clears throat> your presence here today. We thank you for ministering to hearts and lives and giving us tools, greater things that we can, equipment that we can use, <clears throat> Father, to help live this dominion life that you've called us and made us for, called us to live, in a, to be able to live a victorious, overcoming life in these last days. Father, we know how important this is. We believe in the power of your word to make the difference, that your word is the answer for our life. It's not in the world. It's not in any other source but you. So, Father, we look to you today. We thank you for that victory that we have in Christ today for every individual. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning or watching us online and you've never received Jesus Christ, as your personal Lord and Savior, you need to because you're going to be dominated by the devil for the rest of your life in some form or manner and not even necessarily recognize it. But you'll never have victory. You'll never have freedom. You'll never know what it's like to, be, to, to live a victorious life in Christ that's available only in Christ. So if that's you and you've never received Jesus and you're ready to right now, we want to help you. We want to help you. If you're online, please just contact our church. We're glad to help you. Let somebody know that you know this a Christian if you're watching us. If not, give us a call, and we want to help you. We've got some things we'll send to you to help you grow in your life spiritually. But if you're here, uh, if you're here in the service this morning, would you just let me know that you want to receive Jesus today by the raising of your hand? Because I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. It's easy. It's simple. It's not hard to receive Jesus today to receive Jesus today. Change your life forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, everybody stand up. Praise God. Father, we praise you. Let's lift our hands and thank God. Some of you start thanking God that you, that you have the victory today over any power of the enemy that's tried to come into your life. Some of you need to uh, just thank, be thank, be, you know, giving God praise and thanks is one way of replacement therapy. It's one way you replace what the enemy's been lying to you about and you replace it with God and his pre- and his word, his attributes. So start praising him that you're free in Christ, that you're redeemed from the curse of the law. Praise him this morning that, that, that you're the overcomer. You've been washed in the blood. You don't have to live in the past anymore, but you have the authority now in Christ to live an overcoming life full of days of heaven on the earth. Father, we praise you for this. We thank you for this. We give you glory. We give you glory that we've been washed We've been redeemed that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The devil's been lying to somebody telling you you're something you're really not. Telling you you're something you really are not. And it's been troubling you. It's been almost oppressing you. Well, this is your day of freedom. This is your day of liberty. But you're going to have to take it 
The violent take it by force, Jesus said. And you're going to have to take that, the reality that you are redeemed from that. You are free from that bondage. It may have been in your past, but it's not you. It's not who you are. This is your day of freedom. It's your day of liberty. Now take your stand, but don't you back off from it the next day, tomorrow, the next day after that. You continue to take your stand knowing that the word of God is true about you. And don't you go back and wallow in the, in the mire of that past lie, but stand on the truth of who you are now and enjoy the victory and days of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free from the bondage of the enemy, from the lies of the devil. I'm in Christ. I'm a victor. I'm an overcomer. I live in freedom by the blood of Jesus. Now give him praise for it one more time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.